Hello, my name is Tiashin. And I'm George. Welcome to our podcast, where we discuss the three satellites of self-management. In order to obtain a focused and accurate coordinate on self-management, the three satellites of mindset, psychological conditioning, and ultimately productivity need to be in place. During these times of uncertainty, when you are in little control of the circumstances in which you operate, it is crucial to practice self-management effectively. However, many people do not have the correct mindset in terms of their attitude and optimism. Overall, this serves as a detriment to your mental state and performance, thereby compromising your productivity in unimaginable ways. Yes, that is definitely true, Tiashin, which is why we want to empower you as a listener with the practical advice and relevant information so that you can achieve a heightened state of self-management in order to improve on yourself while staying healthy, both mentally and physically. George, I found this quote about self-love, and I feel it shows an important side of mindset. It was by Robert Sharma, and what he said was that the way you are in the world is a deep reflection of the way you are with yourself. Wow. That's quite a powerful quote. It shows how important it is for you to treat yourself with respect. I mean, there are things that you just cannot control. Take this lockdown, for example. It's not your fault or my fault that we have to live in these difficult circumstances. But with that being said, it is still our responsibility to respond and react in a proper manner. There are also other uncontrollables, like your physical appearance, which are just unreasonable things to beat yourself up over. What's your view on how we should respond to all these extraneous variables? Mm. I, think, I think you should take other people, but more importantly, yourself into account. Responding proactively and positively would be the most effective solution. On the point of positivity... Being optimistic is a good mindset to adopt. But you don't always have to find positivity from within. You can also look to mentors as well as social relationships for a better outlook on life. George, I think at the same time, it's very important to maintain your sense of realism. Yeah, and that links quite well to goal setting. <laughs> Definitely. And when you're looking at goals, goal setting as a whole, you need to ensure that your goals align with your aptitude, your purpose, and your overall sense of passion. A personal metaphor that I use is that of a ladder, where your ultimate goal lies at the top, and the different steps of the ladder represent your smaller, short-term goals. This is why it is extremely important to have a definitive action plan set in place from the very beginning. Now that you've cultivated a sense of self-love and optimism and have a definitive action plan in place, the next step would be to ensure a state of mental well-being and improve on your cognitive abilities. A significant aspect of psychological conditioning is sleep hygiene. Tiashin, have you ever come across this term? <laughs> it's funny that you brought it up. Sleep hygiene has been a topic that I've been really interested in recently. So what it basically is, is a series of practices and habits that are fundamental to the quality of your sleep and your overall daytime alertness. 
And what sleep hygiene links closely to is your circadian rhythms. And what a circadian rhythm is, is the natural internal process that regulates the sleep-awake cycle, which repeats roughly every 24 hours. When you sleep, your brain goes through four main stages. The first being that of theta waves. Secondly, delta waves. And ultimately, the stage of rapid eye movement, where dreaming begins. This is why it is extremely important to get on average between seven to nine hours of sleep per night. What is more important, however, is to sleep at exactly the same time each day. Sleep consistency is the key to stability. And with st stability comes factors such as vigilance, emotional stability, rationale, cognitive proficiency, and ultimately elitist productivity. An interesting physiological property of the brain is neuroplasticity, which is essentially the ability of the brain to change throughout one's life. It is very interesting to realize that every time we repeat cognitive processes, practice a particular task, or feel a specific emotion, we strengthen the neural pathways that control these functions. By understanding the brain's neuroplasticity, we may begin to select and strengthen the neuronal pathways that we feel are most important to us. George, I remember in a conversation a while ago, you brought the book, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Are there any takeaways from that book that you feel that link closely to neuroplasticity? Yeah, so where the correlation comes in is with habits. And habits are broken down into three sections. The cue, the process, and the reward. I'll give you a quick example to explain how you can change your habit. If we look at a smoker, the cue could be anything like them picking up a pencil because that could remind them of a cigarette. The process would then be to go and fetch a cigarette, light it up, and smoke. And the reward would be the rush that they receive after smoking. A good way to change this is to identify the cue or the multiple cues of smoking, for example, the pencil or seeing another person smoke, but then changing the process. So you could change the process so that you go for a quick jog and then your reward is similar in the sense that you get a rush, but it's not an unhealthy rush. You get a rush of endorphins. It's quite funny that you mentioned running because physical exercise in itself can be seen as an efficient method of psychological conditioning. And this is due to, as you said earlier, the release of endorphins as well as serotonin into the brain. And in order to further extend the benefits of exercise, you should couple it with a well-balanced diet, rich in omega-3, micronutrients, and low glycemic carbohydrates. This has proven to increase your overall levels of attentiveness and concentration which I've also seen in a habit that I've implemented for the new year, being mindfulness. Really, I've also implemented mindfulness into my life, and it's helped me to alleviate distractibility and channel my attention and focus. Having the best mindset and being psychologically conditioned lays a strong foundation for an efficient life to be built upon. In order to make productivity a reality, you should approach becoming monomaniacally focused 
on productivity. So what exactly is productivity? Well, that's a good question. I would define productivity as the ratio of output per unit input. When I say output, I mean the quality and the quantity of the work produced. And input is the level of engagement achieved and the time used in completing the work. Well, but it is also important to remember that there are viable solutions to assist you in overcoming the problem of inefficiency and procrastination, especially during these taxing times where productivity is the one controllable within your circle of influence. If you want to defeat the devil of indiscipline, you should use Parkinson's law to your advantage. This law states that work expands to fill the time allocated for it. And this is where goal setting can become particularly important. Instead of using the deadlines that have been allocated for you, you should create your own deadlines so that you can maximize your productivity. Once the time frame has been established, what's the next step? Well, it's simple. Just start. The Zygonic effect describes the ability of a person to recall and remember a task more readily in the event that the task is incomplete or interrupted. The effect upholds the concept of holism in the sense that people instinctively prefer completed tasks rather than fragmented components. Once the snowball is running, one should consider that the human brain is extremely limited in terms of its attention span and that it is vitally important to separate your working periods by means of effective breaks. This can be used by implementing the Pomodoro technique. Mm, so the Pomodoro technique is a cycle and each cycle includes 25 minutes of intense focused work followed by five minutes of break. It's all fair and well to have these methods of productivity at your disposal, but the issue comes in when you just can't focus. So this is where willpower comes into play. Willpower is the ability to delay instant gratification or endure short-term suffering in order to achieve long-term satisfaction. It's quite amazing when you realize how easily a distraction can pull you away from completing a given task. Yes, it is not always easy to flick the devil off your shoulder, but the longer you think about the temptations, the higher the chance of you falling prey to them. Tiashin, did you know that willpower is depletable? I mean, if you think about it logically, I guess it's essentially like fitness. The further you run, the more tired you become. And this is why you're more likely to be productive in the morning when compared to the afternoon or evening. And since prevention is the best cure, stopping these temptations from arising is the most effective way to cure inefficiency. Exactly. So going back to your running analogy, the more you train, the fitter you become. Similarly, with willpower, you can train it and develop a stronger resistance to temptations. So, can you improve your willpower apart from training it? Yes, so changing your perceptions of daunting tasks into smaller, more manageable, fun games will result in less power being required to complete your tasks. Linked very closely to that of willpower is decision fatigue, which is ultimately 
the deteriorating quality of decisions made by an individual after a long session of decision-making. Simply put, it is the decreased ability to make rational decisions over the course of a day. An example that epitomizes decision fatigue well is at Rhode Island Hospital, where a well-practiced neurosurgeon made a critical mistake that ended up costing him his job and his patient's life. He had been on shift for a long time, and as a result of decision fatigue, he operated on the wrong side of a patient's head. One way to combat decision fatigue is to create to-do lists and sustainable routines so that you can prioritize effectively. On the topic of prioritization, Stephen Covey discusses the importance of putting first things first in his award-winning work, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Prioritization can be mastered by making use of the Eisenhower Matrix. The Eisenhower Matrix categorizes tasks according to their urgency and importance. Quadrant one activities should be focused on as they are both time sensitive and they add value. Second quadrant activities should be scheduled as they are not time sensitive, yet they are extremely important. Third quadrant activities should be delegated as they will not help you in achieving your goals. And finally, Fourth quadrant activities should be avoided at all costs, as they are simply not worth your time. Once you have clearly categorized your priorities into these four quadrants, you have set the foundation above which proactivity and productiveness will thrive. It is important, however, not to fall into the trap of multitasking. When attempting to complete more than one task at a time, it is psychologically impossible to complete either of the tasks to the best of your ability. Thanks, Tiashin, for that tip. But one should be very wary of being solely focused on productivity, as there are other aspects of one's life that are just as important, and actually probably more important, like your family, which also deserves your attention and time. On the whole, the three satellites of self-management underpinning efficiency and effectiveness is your mindset, psychological condition, and productivity. When you are able to integrate these three fundamental satellites into your daily routine, you are well on your way to personal mastery and elitist productivity. In order to develop a mindset for optimum productivity and success, start by fostering an attitude of self-love and optimism. Once these are in place, focus on being goal-driven by creating a detailed action plan. Upon instilling a focused and accurate mindset, It is important to evaluate and act on your psychological state of being. Regulating your circadian rhythms, rewiring and strengthening your neurobiological framework, incorporating physical exercise into your life, eating healthily, as well as practicing mindfulness are paramount to developing a calm and focused mental state of being. With your psychological and physiological well-being in place, the road to self-betterment is clear. By following the invaluable techniques such as the Parkinson's law, willpower and decision-making strategies, the Zygonic effect, the Pomodoro technique, as well as other methods of productivity mentioned earlier, the foundation for efficiency and effectiveness has been set out and elitist productivity becomes inevitable. It is now possible for you to implement the practical advice and relevant information 
from the three satellites of self-management to set you on your path of self-betterment and well-being by obtaining an overarching mastery of self-management. Thank you for tuning in. We hope to hear from you soon.